Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League Esports in the European scene. And a hell of a week that has gone by for us with leaks, signings, and all sorts of shenanigans. I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined by Digital Bacon for episode 64. My man, how was your weekend? Uh, I hope it was better than mine. <laughs> uh, it was rather relaxed, if anything, because... Yeah, like Sunday didn't get any work in the end and was able to do the viewing pie, so that's quite nice. Saturday we kicked off the B-Stream action over on Rival for the Rival series, which was great fun, alongside Jar Jam and Iron League. And then, yeah, just got to chill out, relax. I started playing that um, Kingdom Come Deliverance because uh, that was free on Epic Games. Thank you, Epic Games, for the free shit. I'm never buying a game in your service. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Like just it's just up. been Fuck it's just been great. It's, it's just been a relaxing weekend of just chilling out. We come around. It's now Tuesday, and we get like recap everything. It's it's been a good weekend. Mate, you just Ooh. straight fucking dig the people that are like you know kind of running the game. You know, I don't know if you look, look, realize we, we, that. We got um, yeah. We 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 go we got to take the memes because like the one thing I find quite funny is like I wouldn't ever buy a game an Epic Game Launcher just because the service is shit. But if they were to fix it, it'd be absolutely fine because realistically, like what everyone has a go at Epic for, like saying oh they're such a dodgy company of that. Everyone else fucking does as well. You know, like having a whole go about trying to like monopolize and pull, say, indie developers and exclusivities. That's not a bad thing at all. Like they're paying uh, developers and that more money than what Steam does. So how are they a worse, yeah. you know, company? I, I I don't understand it. It's just like it's consumer like everyone, bias, isn't it, 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 really? it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that thing that everyone has with... Um, uh, 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 what's it with fucking uh, streaming services yeah uh, is that you know how everyone sort of branched out and created their own streaming service now you have to pay even more for content that you used to be able to get for like five dollars a month on netflix oh, and it's like God. you know they mm. now now that now, now that it's all like five dollars a month for netflix five dollars a month for amazon five dollars a month for disney and it's like well now everyone's just saying fuck this and they're all going back to making uh, uh it, it's uh, worse than america ain't it like yeah. where they have it for each of their cable companies like over the oh, weekend at least no. we're lucky like um to the point of you, you just netflix amazon amazon's included with your like you know delivery things so that's fine um my dad owns sky and i just like nab his uh what you call it like the online <laughs> Sorry, code I thought, for you, that. I thought i thought you were implying your dad like, was rupert my, my, there. Like, hello, my dad owns sky <laughs> if you do not agree with me you will be banned sorry about having to take away your package um no not that meme uh but i mean like he just has the sky box whatever but that means i get a nick his sky girl i think it is which is excellent because like sports yo it's, but it's, it's like you, you take that theory and it's like everyone applies it to video games about the whole sort of, uh, you know, subscription model. And it's like, guys, this is two different marketplaces. It makes no fucking sense. You know, you're not paying for a subscription mm -hmm. to Epic Games and Steam. So I don't understand where people get it from. I think it's just because everyone wants the convenience. And for some reason, they don't like Fortnite. So, you know, it, it's, it's a fucking weird thing. But yeah, yeah, glad to hear your weekend was better than mine, Bacon. Fucking hell. So, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I'm I, not I, going I, new I mocha pot, so I'm happy about that. 
like a new what? I don't know what that is. A mocha pot. You make coffee. You know a stovetop coffee oh, maker. Oh, mocha pot. Okay, right. I yeah. understand. Right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Enough about coffee and Epic Games. Let's talk about some Rocket League. <laughs> we spent five minutes in the first fucking bit of the podcast just chatting shit. I'm sure most of you tuned out by podcast, now. But you. for those, of <laughs> but for those of you who were here for Rocket League, you now get the thing that you actually signed up and subscribed for. On today's show, Intel World Open has details at last. The rule book was leaked. About an hour ago, as of us recording this show on the 25th, um, we're going to go through some of the details on that. We haven't had a full chance to take a look at the whole thing due to various bits and pieces. Um, uh, but as well as that, we're also talking about mouse sports and how Lethemir aired their sabotage attacks, signings across the entire of the rival series in Europe, and all of the regular results and mailbag that you've come to expect on every single episode of RL Aftershock. Let's get into the news. So before we get into today's news section, probably should let you know that the uh, information in regards to the Intel World Open was all sourced out of the leak rather than the official announcement. This was because the episode was recorded prior to the announcement going live, and obviously it's coming out the day after we recorded this. It's a little bit awkward with the timeline, so I probably should let you know for further context as to where we got our information from. The Intel World Open rulebook has been leaked. Uh, I know that there was also some data mining stuff that re- uh, released mm-hmm. the dates and everything that was going on with the uh, 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 with the Intel World Open, but honestly, the easier to understand format is the... Uh, is the rulebook, which I can verify as legit because it's ESL.GFX. It's an ESLGFX.net domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who work with ESL, you'll know that this is the common sort of like, you know, sharing, uh, you know, the, 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 the common sort of like resource database for everything in regards to broadcastings, uh, you know, and admining and everything sort of like in, in respect of like PDF documents and like images and everything. All of it's shared through ESLGFX.net. So that, that all those things are uh, very easy to sort of find if you've ever worked with ESL. I have, so I know this. Therefore, I know that this is probably pretty fucking legit. And the rule book is extensive as you would hope a rule book to be. It is something in the region of fucking like, you know, 50, 60 pages and shit and everything that's going on. Uh, there are eight sections split up into like a million different subsections of all the information you would need to run an, a, a, an Intel tournament, a Rocket League tournament. Uh, again, we haven't had a chance to comb through everything, but we have got some of the more juicy details on our list, Bacon. Yeah, we basically just cut the fat, trimmed it off, and give the people the big important info which they want to know. Which, Jay, do you want to start rattling it off? Yeah, we'll start with the thing that everyone wants to know most importantly is the fucking schedules, which we still have not been able to get a hold of as of the last, you know, was it been three months or so of us knowing about the Intel World Open? Yeah, it's been way too long. And the fact that the rule book comes out, people find it like. I understand data mining, like from a website, because they upload some primarily, like, you know, ba- uh, banners and that gets it set on the website in the background. But for this to come out, like the rule book to come out first, ooh, either there's, there better be an announcement tonight or at least before Friday. Otherwise, this looks super bad. I don't know, man. I mean, knowing Psyonix, they'll probably just hold off onto it for ages. But uh, again, shout out to Drama Alert and the guys who did the data mining to try and find this shit because you guys have uh, certainly given some more light to the stuff that we've been completely kept in the dark about. But anyway, so dates. 3.1.1, the schedule for the qualifiers. May 2nd and 3rd, we have qualifiers for Japan, Africa, Asia, mainland, Middle East, and Latin America. 
on May 9th to 10th. We have qualifiers for Australia, Brazil, China, OC, Asia, Maritime. And May 16th and 17th is the qualifiers for Canada, France, Germany, UK, US, and the rest of EU. May 23rd and 24th for the backup reserve weekend in case any of these uh, uh, dates and weekends overlap or, uh, or run over or mm -hmm. anything like that. So, you know, good, good to see precautions being taken, especially oh, after yeah. the fucking, you know, blunder of the uh, uh, of the RLCS earlier this season, you know, with the servers <laughs> going down. So if the servers go down on May 2nd, it'll be good. Everything will be fine. Uh, and as for the land section 4.19... The Katowice qualifiers, the LAN uh, in Katowice will be going down from the 11th through the 14th of June, and in Tokyo, the 22nd to the 24th of July. So there you go. Mark those dates in your calendars. That is when all the shit is going down. That is when you will be able to catch all the action of the Intel World Open here. Bacon, give me some thoughts. Well, straight away, uh, Katowice qualifiers are the week before the Street Fire stuff. So if you guys were wanting to go and see both, you'll have to, I don't know, do two weekends in a row. Uh, I doubt that's a problem. And really, it makes sense logistically. Tokyo, uh, the 22nd to the 24th will be shared uh, with the Street Fire stuff. For me, the interesting thing is we haven't seen a confirmation for this because um, Japan, we know, will have a instant invite to the finals. Uh, looking at how the structure is there'll be seven spots throughout the um the Kavisa qualifiers there is if i am correct in thinking i'm going to quickly pull it on up but four in the upper bracket and three in the lower bracket i'm literally just cutting to that now uh so i, I can confirm it is yeah four in the single el elimination uh first group uh, the first stage, and then there's a double elimination second stage with three teams going from that, and they've uh, shown out all the money and all of that sort of uh, jazz there, which is lovely to see that we already know the structure and the prize pool distribution, Jay, which is awesome. And like I said, we might not get to see Japan at Kavitz because why would they be there? Like, that you're qualifying to requalify, Like, you've already got a spot. I doubt they'll be there. I don't know. I don't know how the layout of this is going to work. To be honest, we haven't been seeing. Given how there haven't been, I don't. I didn't. Oh, at least as from our little data mining and our little research, we didn't see anything specific about any of the uh, uh, about any of the uh, slot alignments for the qualifiers. Because obviously, all these qualifiers that we mentioned for each of the different regions, they're all online. The only offline parts are Katowice in Tokyo. So. Mm. I'm not sure if the Japan qualifier, for example, gives them a direct spot to Tokyo. I'm not sure if all those online qualifiers go to Katowice, which then goes to Tokyo. Uh, I'm not sure how many slots go to EU or NA yeah. or all these other things, especially considering that there are certain like you know countries that get their own qualifiers. Like you know there is an EU general qualifier, but then you've also got qualifiers for France, Germany, and the UK individually. Uh, you know, so like the, 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 the slot alignment and the slot setup is not 100% sort of like defined by any stretch of the imagination. So um, uh, there's still a few questions, and I'm sure we'll have like a bit more of a more in detail breakdown later down the road. I think once we have a bit of time to sit down and digest this again, this was leaked to us an hour ago, so we don't have and, and we don't have a lot of time to sort of sit down and sort of take our time with this podcast because me and Bacon have a studio job tonight. Uh, so um, uh, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. get that done. Um, the other interesting section I wanted to highlight was six point one point three. Uh, this uh, was a. Uh, 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 this is about game-specific rules for Rocket League, and 6.1 is before the match. 6.1.3 is about battle car selection. The particular quote I want to highlight, licensed cars, e.g. number 16 Batmobile, as well as licensed customizations, will not be allowed during the Intel World Open during any Intel World Open matches, both offline and online matches, uh, which indicates to me that DLC cars will not be allowed, Bacon. 
Uh, yeah, that will be a little bit akin to, was it Universal Open or was it E-League? Can't remember way back in the day. I think it was E-League. Uh, there's got to be some sort of licensing issue there where naturally it seems like a little bit of an awkward area. For most people, this isn't a problem. Like You'll only see the Batmobile being a problem for some players, but most of the guys have moved over the Dominus, and it's not really out there at the moment. And if I am correct in thinking, the Batmobile now shares a hitbox with the Breakout. Don't quote me on that. I think it might be separate. Who knows? Um, but yeah, the only player this would really affect is Flakes, it seems, at the moment, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think they added that clause just to fuck him up. I think that's all it was. Yeah, there's someone from um, ESL just that randomly hates flakes. It's just there whilst writing up the rule book going, fuck this kid. No <laughs> Ghostbusters for you. No DeLoreans. Fuck you. And oh, whatever. <laughs> Realistically, for everyone else, it, don't, it doesn't mean anything, does it? You know? Yeah, no, I am... Um, uh, uh... In the end of the day, like most people are going to be using the Octane and the Dominus, and those, yeah. and, and unless I'm mistaken, the Dominus is not a DLC car. Uh, the Batmobile was sort of gone out of fashion anyway. anyway. I don't see many Batmobiles, um, uh, uh, so you know, I, I don't see any reason why uh, why this should affect many people other than again, as you mentioned, flakes. Um, you also wanted to highlight section three point one point two. If I can quickly find that on the document, uh, mm-hmm. I think the problem with uh, uh, the, the, the I think the problem with fucking um, you know all of the uh, all, all all of the details uh, in this is that obviously it's a big fucking document. You have to sort of like scroll through and yeah. find everything. Um, but uh, yeah, the format, as you mentioned, rounds with more than thirty two teams in the upper bracket are best of three. Rounds with thirty two or fewer teams in the upper bracket are best of five. Rounds with more than 16 teams in the loser bracket will be best of three, and rounds with 16 teams or fewer in the loser's bracket will be best of five. The grand finals uh, is the team coming from the upper bracket will have a one-map advantage as opposed to a bracket reset, which I have to say mm-hmm. is a little bit off-kilter for a double elimination tournament bacon. Yeah, this is a little bit odd. So this seems like they're just filling a time slot, isn't it? There's not a massive amount of... I'm going to say tournament... like integrity purely because we know in rocket league that best of three can really kill teams where it's just really hard to get going some teams can just not handle it um in this also you can use as an excuse because some regions might not have many teams show up i i I expect all regions to have more than 32 teams you know um so i'd imagine this is just going to be best of threes blowouts all the way through but how does how do you feel about that as well, Jay? Because for me, there best of threes when it's waiting up to be the biggest tournament outside of RLCS. I feel a little bit iffy. Like I can understand the reasoning, but Rocket League's quick as it is, it does not need to be cut down to best of threes. I think. I mean, it, it, it depends really, because it's like, look, I, I, I've seen Counter-Strike Open tournaments and it's like, the, the, the earlier rounds do not fucking matter, because if you get yeah. the seeding right, and for the most part the seeding should be okay, um, you, 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 those matches should be easily decided, and it's like, at that point it's just to weed out the individuals. Um, I, I agree that in an ideal world we should have best of fives all the way. 
Um, I don't think uh, I don't think it's too much of a problem if a, if a tournament organizer decides to go with the uh, the whole uh, um, uh, if a tournament organizer decides it's to go with the best fact, of three isn't in the it, early right round. The start. Yeah, that's that, that's the point. You know, just like get it mm. o- over and done with, get it out of the way. It can lead to some upsets, which I think can be a little bit shitty. But all in all, I don't think there'll be a massive yeah. sort of issue considering it's double elimination bracket and everything. And all the right teams should make their way in. Uh, if they don't, then well, you can have caveat points. Um, I, I agree with you in part, Bacon. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also sort of like see the other side of the coin where best of threes just kind That's of to, to run through everything is uh, uh, it, it just it just makes a bit more sense to me from a logistical standpoint. Uh, another uh, little uh, uh, quote that I wanted to put down was six point five coaching. You're going to get pissed at this one. Coaches are not allowed at the Intel World Open offline events. Why? <laughs> yeah, considering Why? what DreamHack did, how amazing having coaches on stage was, considering the RLCS adopted it for themselves, this seems like a step backwards for the Rocket League scene, Bacon. Yeah, and I'm just intrigued as to the reason. Uh, because, it yeah, it just says, coaches are not allowed at the Intel World Open offline events. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm assuming that just means not on the stage. Now, is this because of the qualification to LAN? Um you would assume that would mean them your your expense, like your trip to land is paid for by the tournament organizer. Is this just them to cut out on expenses and that sort of way there? Because I could understand that. And then that just means, and this is them just following through. Is it them trying to say, well, these aren't exactly teams, they're countries, so they don't need coaches, like it's not the same sort of caliber. It just seems very odd because I definitely know a lot of teams will be wanting to run coaches, especially since you'll have a lot of teams where, you know, you've got a lot of players that would be coaching national sides um, or you've even got teams like Renovide Tads who might have a full-time coach. I don't know if they've got a coach currently or a manager um, that already has a French team so would be wanting them to go out anyway because we've seen a lot of the RLCS and definitely a lot of sponsors trying to think about RLRS and RLCS teams and how they can mould them into national sides for this event. It just seems very odd. Yeah, no, it's um. Uh, yeah, I think that's the that's the key word there. Wide limit more than anything else. I'm not sure if this is an ESL idea or a Psionics idea. I don't think it would be ESL's sort of like ruling based on the mm. fact that you know ESL do this all the time for Counter Strike and League of Legends and Dota Two and whatever fucking uh, you know tournament they have. They always appeal to the standards of the scene and in most scenes you know having a coach in the back lines is always a good idea and it seems like to me that ESL just generally have like a, a coaching rule that that favors that so. I'm not sure who to blame in this one. Um, at the end of the day, the, the details are published by ESL, so I guess we kind of have to put it on ESL. But, you know, I, I, I digress on that one because at the end of the day, we don't really know who made that call. Uh, the final uh, the bit that I wanted to talk about uh, was 2.6, um, uh, which is my personal, which is obviously oh, my yeah. personal remit because we're casters. It's about match broadcasting. 2.6.1 rights, all broadcasting rights for Intel World Open are owned by ESL Gaming GmbH, which of course is the ESL. 
ISL Gaming Limited company, basically. This includes, but is not limited to IRC bots, shoutcast streams, video streams, EGPOV streams, replays, demos, or TV broadcasts. Uh, ES 6.2, uh, 2.6.2, uh, ESL Gaming has the right to award broadcasting rights for one or multiple matches to a third party or, or the participants themselves. In such cases, the broadcasts must have been arranged with a head admin before the start of the match for necessary contacts. Please look at 1.7.1, blah, 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 blah and make sure any uh, broadcast details have been approved before the match in question starts. Uh, actually, let's have a look at the 1.7.1 .1 thing. Has any uh, details that we can uh, use to contact people? Yeah, I see that. So uh, th yeah. th there are a couple of uh, a couple of contact people that you can talk to. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to go hit those guys up, Bacon, and we're going to go see mm -hmm. if we can cast some fucking online Rocket League, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course. Like, naturally, we're going to be wanting to get on that shit. But again... We, we don't I know should also, by the way, I should also say that I'm, that I'm encouraging this for other streamers and casters yes. to get involved as well because, like, there's going to be a lot of matches over those weekends. So there's a lot of shit going on. It, it, um, Steam uh, and, and That's how you got to think of it, ain't it? Yeah. You know? Exactly. So if you want to get involved in casting, if you want to give it a shout, then fucking the contact details are in 1.7.1. Um, and of course, the, as you just saw, the, uh, you just heard the, uh, the rules themselves. They can waive those at any point for any one broadcast. So. Try to see if you can get your foot in the door. We certainly will. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna slide in my ESL contacts, see if they can sort me out with some good shit. So, that is the Intel World Open rulebook leaked earlier today. If you want to take a look at it yourself, then you can go to ESLGFX.net slash media slash LO slash Intel World Open rulebook uh, with all those opening uh, words being capitalized dot PDF. And you can take a look for yourself. I'm sure there'll be a, a link on the subreddit somewhere as well. But... Let's move on and talk about some drama. Some drama, but we all love drama, drama. don't we? Uh, Lethemir uh, came out on Twitter and he was talking about some little bastards who are fucking with the uh, Mouse Sports squad. Uh, he says on Twitter, quote, whoever invites Scrub Killer to a group Steam chat during our matches and says you are going to lose and tabs him out of the game, you are the absolute worst kind of person. Lucky we didn't get sc scored on. What sucks is that you can't see who did it if they leave the chat fast enough, um, which is absolutely true. This has been a known issue for a while. Um, I've got two sides of the the coin of this one, Bacon. The first mm -hmm. one is obviously it should be a known element for the, all, all these players, and you know they should have set themselves to offline to ensure that this does not happen. The other side of the coin, yep. though, is fuck the guys who did this for obvious reasons. Okay, like you, 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 you you're a little bit sad if you're going to go ahead and fucking start messing with pro players in the middle of matches. Like you're a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah, essentially, scrub your doofus. Make sure you're in offline mode. Like that's pretty standard. But yeah. The big one is, what the fuck is wrong with you just to go with mess with someone's career? That is literally trying to fuck someone's job up. No one does that. You're a scum of the earth piece of shit. Wow, I thought I was the one who was going to get fucking like really angry with that shit, man. I don't man. get why I mean, people do that. It's like when people DDoS and all of that sort of shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Do you really, are you that sad a person? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be honest, it's, it's a good question. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Rival Series broadcast where I got all those DMs about my fucking microphone fucking up. Um, mm. uh, and it's like, you know, just kind of throwing all of us off because you got messages as well. Like you're seven, seven, eight people yeah. DMing you on Discord. And it's like, guys, you realize we're in the middle of a broadcast and everything like that. It's the same thing with these guys. They're in the middle of a match. Why would you do that? It's like, you know, I, I, it's there's it a difference between trolling for fun and literally fucking with people's careers. And in the case of Scrub Killer, he is a professional player. Like he's on a professional salary. Like the idea that... 
the idea that he should be fucking that he should be having to deal with this in the middle of a uh, in the middle of a game. Sure, he should have set himself to offline, but like, fuck me. Like, do you not have anything better to do with your lives, guys? Like, you know, this is just really fucking bullshit. Like, just do have some fun with it, and you know, enjoy the matches for what they are, rather than trying to uh, mess with outcomes. And I have got a couple of concerns in regards to uh, validity of results as a result of this, because then it, it, it comes into question some of the situations we've seen in the past. Like, do you remember when um. Uh, uh, um, what was it? Remember when Ronicky had that like weird control disconnect issue and he just didn't, he just missed the entire kickoff? Uh, or yep. was it last season? I think it was. Was it last season? I think it must have been. It must mm-hmm. have been actually. It's only been a couple of weeks. But, 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 but like seeing stuff like that, you know, it's like, you know, when you see results like that and issues with people in the back line, the defensive fucking up, it's like, from that point, you start to see a lot of like issues in, 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 in those mistakes sort of getting opened up in the, uh, in, in those matches. And it's like, well, how many of these are people messing with other players and how many people are motivated with other sort of like, outside means I'm not trying to like you know imply match fixing or anything but we've seen a lot more people take interest in Rocket League and I have seen more bookies start to put odds up for Rocket League matches yeah and again those odds up for Rocket League matches technically aren't legal at all because they're not authorized because we're in a weird world with esports where it's a gray market I don't think you need to authorize those things like Riot Games do not support any uh, do do not support gambling sponsors in their like franchise uh, teams but at the same time, you can go to Unicorn, you can go to Betway, you can go to all these mm. places and still find odds for League of Legends matches. So I'm not sure if there's anything that's like legally enforceable per se, um, but you know they, they exist. You know, all you have to do is just take a look around at some of the common sort of like bookies, and, and you'll find loads of odds for loads of different mm. teams and loads of different matches, especially if they're RLCS uh, caliber. You know, like Mouseports certainly have odds on their games. Uh, I can tell you that basically for for crazy. With, with that area, it seems a bit more like uh, the game developers have the opportunity and they can shut people completely down. But when it comes down to a lot of the stuff, it's more just saying that they've got no involvement, they can wipe their hands, they have no inclusion with it. Uh, because definitely with stuff like League of Legends, we know with CS for sure, gambling money, of course, is a big pull to a lot of people to get involved within the esport um, but we're going off on a bit of a tangent, aren't we? With the whole yeah. At the end of the bit, day, I think the bottom line is fuck the guy who did this. Yeah. Um, but you know, players also should start covering their own asses because this becomes a problem, and then suddenly Easy everything solution. comes into question. It's just to have not a Smurf account, but a second account, which these players literally only use for RLCS. Like, Psyonix give every single I'm not sure how that player. messes with the rule book, though, for Psyonix. I mean, it's, it's a sacrifice that I'd be willing to take. Um, but even then, you know, you also have, like, a second Smurf account, and suddenly all your cosmetics are gone, and you get some real fucker, fuckery with, you know, the way the things work. And obviously, we've seen, like, guys like, uh, uh, was it Flakes, complaining about him not being able to access his com- cosmetics online. Well, that will also be the case for online matches. So, mm-hmm. it's a very complicated little issue. I'm not sure whether or not that's uh, that, that's a viable sort of thing. But, then, <laughs> but Jay, the bottom line is the, thing the is, bottom line is, don't be a dick. Is what I'm trying to say. But if we were to lock those players down, we'd only give them the cosmetics for their esports items. So the teams would have to use their own team decals instead of fucking off with whatever bejazzled shit that they're using. I uh, D- Diva, I think I lo- saw last time had that like really sparkly one. And it froze me off so much looking at broadcast. But like using their own like the Vitality decal, which Vitality are actually a good excuse they use theirs. Um, but the other teams like that just don't run it. It feels very odd and very unprofessional in that sort of sense. I don't know. I'm weird in that 
regard where I'm I don't know. Every I prefer player. the variety. But again, we're going mm. on fucking tangents. So let's just yeah. move on. Um, obviously, we've had some interesting news, some bad news, and some good news, I think, to close out the news section. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solari picking up the block block side, a very early signing in this one. I'm not a fan of teams that make signings and teams that have just you know qualify for tournaments like the RLRS. Um, uh, you know, I feel like it's a little bit of a uh, uh, I don't know. Just it, it feels like it's not quite uh, a good investment to me. You know, I mean, for me personally, if I was a team owner, I wouldn't be looking at some of these teams. I'd wait to see whether or not they have longevity in the space. Um, uh, uh, and certainly with Solari, you know, they, they, they've got like a decent pickup in, in, in terms of the block block side, but right now they're kind of low on the league table. So it's not the best of starts for them, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I, 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 again, I, I have my doubts about whether or not, you know, Solari made a good business move that's still yet to be seen. Um, but, uh, you know, seeing another RLRS team get picked up, fucking brilliant, you know? But Jay, the one thing here is Solari are very heavy on the French influence. Like they really only pick up like French players or French teams. When we were doing the RORS B stream over on Rival, Rival had about 3,000 viewers. Solari were doing like a viewing party of us and they had about 4,000. So, yeah. That just shows definitely there is a big French back in there. It's a bit like, you know, if if there is anything ever going on with Rocket Baguette, they'll always absolutely knock anyone else out of the uh, water. Like with DreamHack qualifiers, for example, uh, last season, just because the French community fucking love it. And who knows? I think it's a good pickup. If they're only there for the one season, so be it. But... I, I would hope Solari would stick around longer because those lads on Block Block or now Solari anyway have got tons of potential. We'll see whether they can capitalize on this potential. Again, we'll do our RLRS breakdown at the end of the show, as well as the awkward uh, turtles being picked up by Notorious Legion. A bit more comfortable with this one considering uh, NL are, you know, very long time supporters of Rocket League. Mm hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think we have much, many more to add to that other than my previous statements about Solari picking up block block. Uh, so I guess we'll just move on from our news section. There you go. That's all the news broken down for you. Um, uh, a lot of stuff going forward to, to keep your eyes on, especially with that Intel world open stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll be bringing you all those updates as time rolls on for RL Aftershock and we'll move on to our, you know, fan contribution part of the show, the mailbag segment, which of course you can get involved in if you join the discord via the descriptions in the, uh, di- sorry, excuse me, via the links in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast. You can join the Discord, get involved with the mailbag segment where you can ask us some questions. We have two coming in from Freecart, Mr. Uh, Clyde Claymore himself. He asks first, what do you think of players that make it straight into the RLCS without playing an RLRS qualifiers or RLRS first? Why are they so special and how do they get known? Example, Astral, Fruity, First Killer, etc. Uh, I think this is a you question, Bacon. Talk to me. So for those players in particular, it was all six mans. Um, not incredibly short on First Killer, but First Killer's been around for ages within the community scene. His problem was just not old enough for RLCS. Um, similar to how Yukio, you know, back in the day was six mans as well, uh, got picked up for it. How do I how do we feel about that though, Jay? Is the bigger question because clearly it's because they can see the value and know that they're such good players. But if we've ever seen them before, like the first season always feels a little bit shaky. I feel like Fruity actually did the best in his opening season, like with uh, PSG. 
but they they never really hit straight off the bat like powerful. I feel like for a lot of players, the RORS, which is a lower skill level, is easier for them to come through and definitely shine. Now, it, it comes down to Yorks. Are they willing to pick up this rookie talent? And when I say it comes down to Yorks, it comes down to the teams because we know from Rocket League that the Yorks don't really have a say over I mean, in esports in general, that's the fucking yeah. way it is. You know, even in Counter-Strike, we get so many fucking people who, um, uh, who you know, get uh, who, who just, mm. uh, you know, don't have no say over their actual teams that, they, that they're fucking paying. The only um, exception is League of Legends, it seems, and Overwatch, you know? Yeah, those are exceptions to the rule just due to the way that they're Mm. structured, but in like an open circuit style of like, uh, you know, a thing, uh, like, you know, where we have like like CSGO, Dota, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Rocket League as well. Um, But yeah, no, I... the thing about it is that, like, I always believe in the open circuit. I, I always believe mm-hmm. that the best teams will always come out on top, um, assuming you give them the facilities and the infrastructure to do so. And I think that in Rocket League, that is mostly the case. Not always the case, uh, but mostly the case. Um, so when I see players like Astral Fruity and First Killer get picked up by these teams, I'm always, like, you know, coming in with, like, a predictable mind and sort of, like, saying, okay, what can they do this season? Um, and we'll see whether or not they can stay in. But if they really are as terrible as, you know, as, as people seem to think they are from the fact they're coming out of the bubble scene um i think that they'll that they'll drop off in the end you know why are they so special well it's all yet to be seen when they go go ahead and start playing and you know, we saw some opportunities for teams and players to make their moves in and as you mentioned fruity sort of like did the best that he did in his opening season mm-hmm. astral sort of had a shaky little time after he got picked up by dignitas and we weren't sure whether or not he was a good fit in the end he actually managed to adapt and adjust um but if he had stayed the same way then we would have seen dignitas being nowhere fucking near where they are right now and possibly even in the relegation zone if he was that much of a bomb so there was always a risk in terms of the in bringing these players in because they're very unproven talents, at least for the most part. You know, a six man's I don't think is an accurate mm. reflection of Rocket League skill at the top end of the competitive ladder. And again, I would agree that I think that the rival series is the best pathway into the championship series as a whole. But at the end of the day, a team can choose who they want to pick and who they want to bring into the bring into the fold with their lineups, which is you know absolutely fair to them. And at the end of the day, they either get to live the glory for that or suffer the consequences. And that is the beauty of the RLCS system. You have to be a hundred percent certain this is the right player, else you're going to basically screw yourself. You know. Yeah, and we also have to take into account, like, Rocket League with its age thing. Teams won't pick up players that are 14 years old or younger, purely because the whole tournament ecosystem revolves around being 15. Uh, so players like, say, Scrub Killer, you remember he just jumped straight on in with Vitality. He had been around for ages. So as soon as he turned 15, he was picked up straight away. That That is just how it is. And he had already had that experience. You see that as well a little bit, um, like First Killer being the example over in NA there. And there is an American young lad, I want to say it's like Chronix or something like that, who I expect a very similar thing where he's currently 14, as soon as he turns 15 and the NA team is going to pick him up and that's fine but like you said it comes down to the team to take the risk indeed and uh, I think that pretty much sums up everything about you know players who make it straight into the RLCS Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know very easy sort of topic to talk about Uh, next one again coming in from Freekant if you could make a dream team of EU RLRS players who would you have on it and why (sighs) I hate these fucking questions because there's so many options bacon tell me what 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 says you about who the fuck you'd pick because I've got I don't don't think I have a fucking clue at the moment um I would probably see this is a hard one 
because I'd probably go two parts RCD with Toxin Zamway and throw an EXO there, and that would be it. Now, are we going to make any rules where you can have one player per team? Like, just to mix it up a little bit? Because realistically, I could just say RCD at the moment, because that seems to be, like, the strongest RLRS team, you know? So should we make a little rule where you can only have one player from a single team? So we have to mix it up? Yeah, I think well, let's put that okay. rule in because, you know, there are, as you say, you know, if, if it was down to me, I would just say we them girls and call it a fucking day. But obviously that's not very fair. So let's just uh, yeah. let, let, let's go one player per team. Uh, for me, I'm going to go breezy, bluey and tox. Yeah, fair go. enough. I'm going to go <laughs> Ixo, tox and tadpole. I think that would have ah, a very point. nice... See, I realise what I've done there is that I've actually gone for the big hard hitters of each of those teams and realised that actually three strikers doesn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah, we're not savage so, anymore, okay, Jay? <laughs> look, man, if you wanted to... If, if you wanted... If you wanted to fucking... Um, if you wanted to only do like, if you wanted to only do a team that would make it out of the rival series, then honestly, that would be the best team to pick: Bluey, Tox, and uh, Breezy. Mm-hmm. In terms of longevity, though, I think your squad actually could go a little bit further in context of the RL, RLCS as well. Yeah. So, you know, maybe if we combine the two and decide to go like, you know, uh, my lineup for the rival series, and then pick up Tadpole and drop, I don't know, Bluey, just 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 to <laughs> have him play in rival series again. Could you imagine for the like next the fucking drama season? where like you? St- Poach a player from a team and then fuck no, off man, that Bluey, player Bluey, with his old teammate. Like that would cause so much good drama within Rocket Bluey League. Bluey would keep it inside though, man. He's fucking grown up a lot in the last couple of years. I mean, yeah. he's, he's past the point of PSG. So do you know what? There'll be internal drama. We'd never see it. So that's fair play. <laughs> Thank you again, Free Car, for your questions. And again, you can also get in on the action and ask us some mailbag questions on the Discord. Again, the links are in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast. You can get involved with that and our pick and prediction game, which we do have results for this week, Bacon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, we obviously run a prediction game. We have a leaderboard of all of our Discord sort of like, uh, uh, you know, users and everyone who gets involved in the chats and everything. So you can also jump in and you can make some predictions and you can win some points and see how well you fare against myself, Bacon, and uh, the rest of the community. I won't lie, Bacon, we've not had a very good set of fucking weeks. <laughs> we're at the bottom half of the table. <laughs> um, I'll have you know, I got no points at all last week. I threw a week. And I'm still higher than you. So I'll take that but as you a fucking, win. You just, gra- I, you I just gave grabbed the handicap up. to the community. Gra- That's what I did. You grabbed up most of the fucking points this week, though. You scored like second highest of all the people yep. this week. So do you know what? I'm averaging only, a sort of yeah. nice level of consistency. You're just up and down all around. So you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, for, so for those of you who want to know the actual standings, uh, we've got Chewy currently at the top placement, getting all 12 points this week. It is maximum 12, right? Yep. Yeah, maximum 12. Chewie got all 12 points for this week's uh, matches, leaving him at a total of 29. Frostbite, of all people, is behind him at 28. For those of you who don't know, Frostbite is like a massive CS fan. So <laughs> when he came to the Rocket League community, I wasn't sure if he'd be able to like get Line involved luck. in all these things. Um, but I have to... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I have to say, man, like that's fucking awesome to see. Big stuff for us, Spike. But only one point behind Chewy in second place. KP ties Wiggles and Dex. I mean, twenty. I uh, have twenty-seven points, and therefore tied for third place down there. Um, uh, John, aka always from Reddit, is tied with Juicy at twenty-six points. Trox twenty-three. You Bacon are on at twenty-one after scoring eleven points this week. I scored nine points this week, and I'm only one point behind at twenty. RL Stats has nineteen points to his name, leaving at six uh, uh, this from, from this week. Yen's only got three, so he's back at eleven. And uh, J Man, unfortunately, pulling in the rear at seven points for the uh, total, getting no points this week. Unfortunately, all the predictions going wrong. And yeah, those are the results. Again, me and Bacon are pretty low down those fucking rankings. Um, also, shout out to Trox, by the way, for creating the best meme I think I've ever seen on the fucking RL Aftershock Twitter um, <laughs> to promote the fucking <laughs> prediction game. That was so funny. So funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and take a look at the Twitter. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is really. But you got to think we're still early stages. We've only had three out of the eight weeks of RLCS. So guys, if you haven't signed up yet, you know what? Just try and make your own little uh, divvy up, you know, minus the points that are already down there and come join on in. And who knows? You might even beat some people out, even with a three week handicap. Indeed. So let's go ahead and talk about the tournament roundup and, and tell you the results of who, um, uh, of, 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 you know, the matches that got people where they were. I should also add, by the way, um, that those are the, the, that table was only the results for the championship series. We don't have the rival series results. Those will be posted about the time that the podcast goes out. So I'm... Uh uh, make sure you uh, get involved in that and you know, play into both prediction games so you can see exactly how well you'll do versus us and see how well we do. So I won't lie to you, Bacon. I was at Epic Land this weekend, so I did not watch any of the Rival series, unfortunately. I tried to catch some of the B-Stream action. I wasn't quite able to, um, uh, but you're going to have to sort of break and fill me in on a lot of the that, uh, details fine. of these results. So. I watch it. Yeah, you, you, you watch everything. I can't. <laughs> Again, I feel like such a dickhead saying that. It's like, hey, welcome to the longest running podcast about EU. We're experts. And I don't even watch any of the fucking matches. Um, uh, but uh, let's talk about those results again. Week two saw RJM go down to Notorious Legion 0-3. and Weedem Girls beat Savet Geneva 3-1 predictably. RCD has a close match against Solari 3-2. And Triple Trouble beat Vertex at 3-1 on the mainstream. On the B stream, RCD swept we them girls. Savet Geneva took the win above Baguette squad with only a two-game difference. And uh, BDS also beat Solaria a one-game difference. Leaving your standings for this week is RCD Espanol, the uh, one of only two undefeated teams, but currently sitting at the top with three and zero. We them girls pulling in the rear of, of that little uh, top pack at two to one. Notorious Legion 1-0 only one result in but also undefeated Triple Trouble sitting at evens at 1-1 BDS also the same with Sivet Geneva being at the back of that pack just due to the number of games played but only a single game difference separating those three teams and RGM behind Sivet Geneva by two game difference but also at 1-1 Solari two losses to their name and only one victory puts them in number 8 and Baguette Squad and Vertex yet to get any victories on the board pulling in the rear of the overall table now let's talk about Notorious Legion their first outing in the uh, right series uh, a very pretty decent victory now again 3-0 coming in for the uh, uh, for the newly mm -hmm. signed squad what do we think of that 
so for this series, I'm going to come out and say it. RGM did not play well at all. They were making tons of mistakes and blunders. But Notorious Legion, we talked about them. When we saw them in the playing show, you know, when we casted over them, they did not look good, did they? They were a little bit shaky, but they made it on through. So, you know, good on them. And compared to last season, it is a breath of fresh air to come on in not feel nervous at all they were capitalized kept their heads nice and cool and i mean the results speak for themselves where you know by game three they were just running the show now for me is this going to keep up i don't know notorious legion i'm a bit worried that they're going to be a week by week team so they can have their ups and downs and i do expect that but it all comes down to cash he is such a pivotal player on this team. Remember how I used to describe Bilbo as that hinge player? If he's, if Bilbo was having a great week, the team would win. If he wasn't, it, generally they needed someone to fall back on. And we're seeing a similar case here with Notorious Legion. Yes, Tars and Matain are the core to the team, but they need a massive striking presence and they need a massive power player. Cash is doing that. And when we think of how sort of like he's jumped up a whole level from being top of community level to now past top of bubble and now into RLRS, he is stepping up to the job and looking good. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him, you know. I mean, I had my doubts about this team, obviously, with Matean and Taz. I mean, we took a look at them and we thought to ourselves, this is basically just another uh, attempt at, you know, a last hurrah with the with the Echo Zulu side, just without any, uh, you know, without the three-man mm. core of the, of the Netherlands. So, you know, what prospects do this team have going forward? Is Cash going to be enough of a striking force to give them any more victories, or is this just the one hurrah they're going to have? Considering... <laughs> the blunders of, say, RGM, Vertex not looking good, but Get Squad definitely not looking good for what we expected. Notorious Legion could be in a chance to snag, I think, a fourth to sixth place finish. You're probably looking at about fifth or sixth right now, but they're in a chance to stay up for next season, which I've got to say for the players focus on that you know you've got to know what level you're at like we all expect rcd espanol weed and girls and triple trouble to be the top three but if you know your place is in the midfield and you gotta think these lads are still all in school like in uni or um by age like college like sixth form and maybe even still um no they're not all that young but still in college and that sort of thing just focus on, you know, school, but focus on your matches and take each week as they come. Focus on that opponent and trying to adjust your play style. Try and be smart with the time you have, you know? Okay, then. Well, I, I again, I haven't got much to add to this one because I didn't watch this match. So, um, uh, you know, obviously, congratulations to NL, and we'll see how well they'll be able to do going forward. Um, uh, RCD, though, have certainly been able to establish themselves, as I mentioned, top of the table this week uh, with big victories above Solari. And impressively enough, 3-0 against Weedem Girls. Now... There is like a bit of a flip side to this coin in the sense that we already know that we them girls are having problems with their team formation and their mm -hmm. like, you know, composition chemistry. So with the new meta shifts coming through, like how much of that affected we them girls in their B stream match? I know that you were the one who was casting this one. So um, uh, yeah. tell me, what did you see in that server that, you know, either was so right for RCD or not so much for we them girls? So we them girls really struggled to get any 
<coughs> pass effective passing plays together. Uh, they did not look good. They were stuck in defense way too much, waiting for a counter opportunity, which I would have expected to be a decent uh, answer to RCD, who are just going to pressure, 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 and then Weedem Girls are going to just counter. Like it should be a natural back and forth of these two teams, but Weedem Girls counters were not effective. RCD, I'm going to say, sort of through game two, hence why it went to an overtime, but that was just because they got a little bit more conservative. They relaxed a little bit. It got to a point where I think Weedham girls were in a 2-0 lead, maybe in 3-0 lead. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then RCG... Uh, D just absolutely spanked it on back and got it into overtime. And then a quick near enough overtime kickoff goal. RCD right now are looking so impressive, Jay. We, we've seen the opponents they've gone up against and they've basically taken down their strongest opponents, the strongest contenders. So right on from now, RCD should be, you know, in one-way traffic to first in RLRS, oh, yeah. which is crazy. And we're only two weeks in. I mean, they looked impressive doing so from the score lines alone. You know, they had two mm. goal two goal differentials in games one and three. And again, you mentioned, you know, there was that big comeback in, in game two with the overtime goal which I have to say um, uh, it is not a good look for Weedem girls considering the talents we saw on that side. And, um, uh, you know, just to revisit that topic, we've sort of been back and forth about whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea to have these striking elements or not. And, you know, we've had a, a, a big sort of hoo-ha about their chemistry issues. And it's like, what's going on with these guys? These guys should be easily making it into the top end, a top end position of this table. Like what, why are they mm. so, so far behind everybody else by comparison, just due to their name value alone? I mean, yeah, they are in second place, but let's be real here that should be a 3-0 for them not for rcd it feels like the players don't actually link up correctly person i don't know whether it's personality or chemistry wise we talked about this before on stream breezy even confirmed it that the way the team thinks is the next meta and we started to see it come out from mouse and reciprocity as well as an option but it's that whole you're continuously counterplaying your opponents Weedham girls did not have like they they were pretty fresh together. You know they only had the one month um, since their break apart from previous projects and whatnot uh, to come together and form this team. They need to just focus on very aggressive plays and trying to just be very ball chasey to be honest because it's easier for the team to manage and for them to call out one player to stay back this is why i was saying before greasy who is a fantastic defender he wants to get up into attack too much and it does cost the team because breezy and Inkso like to stick in attack as well so you've got three players that will want to be up in their opponent's half of the field and get caught off guard way too often it's so, so once again we're back to the whole greasy should be defensive thing <laughs> yes and i know that annoys the lad purely because greasy's a good attacker you cannot take anything away from him there the the difference is that on his team he is the best defender so utilize that you know and the team is not thinking of they've so they're continuously thinking of counter strats and what their opponent is doing but not what they can do themselves to improve themselves they're just thinking how do we beat our opponent so when it comes into a game like this where rcd is just so well polished and their you know problems are very minuscule 
We don't girls don't have an answer to that, and they're pretty frail. They're pretty fragile on their own behalf. So they crumble and fall. And a free our game, we were not expecting because we thought with this counter strat, we them girls would have found you know a kink in the armor, a little crack in the wall, and they didn't find that. And really didn't get anything going. They would, I think I described it, just literally rubbing their heads up against a brick wall, not getting anything out of it. Well, we damn girls did not just manage to lose against RCD. Uh, they managed to lose a game against Savet Geneva, who um, had, had a pretty good week uh, of their own right. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, 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 just before we move on to that, honestly, like, like, I have to say that, you know, we them girls, um, are, are they in sort of like a worrying position uh, right now? Uh, are, they, uh, are they to lose sort of like, you know, the RCD in a 3 0 fashion to even lose a game against Savet Geneva, the new blood who we thought would be really fucking awkward this season? Like, you know, are, are we them girls teetering on the edge of a disappointing season so so virgin either played brilliantly this week um in that game against weedem girls they yagi was absolutely popping off and crazy against spaghetti squad mirror wing finally showed up but for just to put that into context there before we go on to that later but for weedem girls this is still them with massive blinding problems that we can all see yet they're 2-1 in league play agreed They've taken down teams that you would expect them to take down, and they should by the caliber of the players. But when it comes up to a team that can match them on level, they absolutely get swept. It's coming down to Weedem Girls is purely based off of mechanical skill and player prowess instead of a team. This is not a team yet. It is three lads playing solo standard, and they need to up that because if they make it into a top three spot, Weedem Girls, and they go up against you know, the team's coming down in the promotion playoffs, because I don't expect Weedham girls to come out first. Um, but if they go up against the teams in the promotion playoffs, you know, your TSM, your, at the moment, ASM, are probably, or whichever teams come down, are probably going to be thanking their lucky stars, because they'll have a way to take down this side, and they're strong enough mechanically to be able to keep up with them, because that's what Weedham girls have at the moment. They're faster, they're stronger, they're more efficient with their hits and being able to get shots on target over the RORS skill level, and that is all they have. That won't be enough to get them further. Mm. I mean, it probably should be enough to get them past the RLRS, but in the championship series, they are going to have some serious fucking problems. So, um, mm. uh, yeah, we them goals, not as tight as we thought they would be. Um, uh, but as you mentioned earlier, Savet Geneva having a really fucking good week uh, took a game off we them goals in a series that they thought they would get fucking trounced on. Yep. But also managing to turn around the next day on the B stream and beat the Baguette squad in what was actually a pretty impressive little series. They managed to get, you know, three wins versus one game of the... Uh of the baguette squad side and they were all within one game of each other but uh, you mentioned that Savet Geneva had a really fucking good performance week tell me more about that so yeah coming into the Weedham girls side Yagi was popping off he is a fantastic player and a lot of ROLRS players are noticing him which is crazy to see because you know can you remember him on the donkey squad beforehand and just sort of like lower bubble scene but here it shows like with it really comes down to teams you know it's not just players individually can have a massive impact but the team that they're on because to fair going into that one against baguette squad was not having a good day but yagi was still popping off still feeling it but the biggest factor there mirroring 
finally showed up. And Jay, we were saying on this team, Merwing is potentially the best player if he's playing well and he just didn't have any confidence. He finally got that confidence and boy, oh boy, did he pop off. He was involved in, I think it was something like 90% of the goals, if not all of them. You know, he was just getting right up into the grills of the opponent's game, right up into that attack, uh, scoring hat-tricks upon hat-tricks, getting tons of assists and was just an absolute beast. It was crazy to see. And people finally, you know, after so long, after not really knowing what this guy was doing, because even in the planes, Mirroring wasn't playing well, we're looking at him and going, who the shit, who the fuck is this guy? Because he was incredible. If Savet Geneva can keep that run of performance going, if they can play like this for the rest of the RORS league, they're a top six team. They're staying up, which, I mean, us as fanboys... Uh, you know, squealing on the inside. We're really proper happy, you know, <laughs> a grin ear to ear because these lads have grinded for so long, haven't they, together? Yeah. They have been working at this and it's finally come to show what we've been saying for so long. Stick together as a team, just continuously grind. It will pay off and it is showing here. Was this looking like the Savet Geneva that we saw in the Swiss national tournaments, like the TCS and SCSL? Like, you know, or, or, it's hard or, to compare. Or... It's really hard to compare because the national stuff is at a lot slower pace. So, Savet Geneva, who are in his national team, RL Aris team now, you know, they, they they were by far faster, the most mechanically skilled players. They were able to trounce anyone on the national scale. But coming in here, they're going head to head and it's coming down to those team plays, a lot of passing plays, which are beating out the RORS teams. Because a lot of the RORS teams are still very much heavy pace based and just trying to win challenges. Uh, win those 50-50s, get follow-up hits and just break down defense that way. Whereas Savet Geneva have so many passing plays so many layoffs and they're sort of an CS team from about two, three seasons ago. So they're a little bit behind the curve, but that is natural. That's what the RORS is going to be at. You know, it's the second division. It's going to be a bit behind, but it shows that Savet Geneva have all the foundations currently in place to grow and get better. And they're going in the right direction to what a team should be. I guess and now that you made that, that kind of comparison point, Bacon, I, I hesitate to ask this, but I'll ask you it anyway. If Savetjani were a team and we them girls are looking like a bunch of solo standard players off the back of their performances this past going weekend, who would you rank higher in terms of the overall placings on the board? Oh, that's an awkward one. So, Weedham girls still have the chance to grow. Like you got to think, they don't have it. Weedham girls don't have any matches next week. The following week, they've got Notorious Legion, which is going to be a good little taster, a good little test for them to come back into it. Because I think they need to go away and have a serious think about how they play Rocket League, and they will. You know, they'll come back and they should have fixed all their problems. After that, then they've got uh, Baguette Squad and then Triple Trouble. Following that, they've got pretty much easy because you got to think right now, they've already faced RCD. That's a loss they can take, isn't it, realistically? Because Weedham Girls will be fine as long as they get into the top three and they fix their problems. So they, they've taken their big loss at the perfect time, realistically, when they have a break afterwards to go change stuff up. So Vet Geneva, who knows? 
next week they've got RGM, which is going to be a head-to-head rival. Like that is pretty much on par with each other, isn't it? They sh- uh, they could be a win, it could be a loss. We'll see. RGM didn't play great in week two. They could bounce back for week three. But then Savetch and Eva have triple trouble. Now, Triple Trouble is in a very similar state as Weedem Girls, as in they've got a little bit more team play going on, but they've still got a lot of blinding mistakes out there. And so Savet Geneva could, if they can take the win there, that is going to be another, you know, upset as such and probably put Savet Geneva on the right track that they want to be and show everyone that they're not like, you know, just a we scraped through in the lower bracket. We're here as the token expected to come last team. No, we're here to play. We're here to stay. Or stay, they all look to try and take again against RGM, uh, RG, RGM, RJM next week. And uh, they're also getting triple trouble on that B stream, so we'll keep our eyes on the House of X Geneva will do for that. Um, uh, but another team making their debut this week uh, was Solari. Mm hmm. Uh, well, well, I mean, well. in, term, in terms of the organization, yes. the organization's <laughs> debut, Block Block obviously were competing against Vertex last week and they had a really good start. Um, uh, this week, though, they took two losses. So um, uh, they were mm. close losses, one of which was against yeah. RCD as well, Bacon. So it's promising times right now for Solari at the moment. So, <laughs> we, yeah, against RCD, you take a look at that and how we've been praising RCD and such. You go, that's fine. That's If anything, you know, you're a glass half full kind of guy, that's a good result because they were expected to lose this. Most people would put that down as a 3-1 result, you know? So for Solari to come out 3-2 with two OTs, that last one going like five minutes and change, absolute nuts coming out there. Solari actually right now are pushing themselves as more than just another token French team as... This is a team that could, you know, do some damage if you're not careful. They're currently, um, I know on the board, they're currently down in eighth because of losses. But if you're at a loss, but equal on games, that shows you got a lot of caliber about you. Um, They could take a massive bounce back because they have not, you know, in that week, they didn't have easy opponents with RCD. And BDS, the old ARG squad who, ARG are in a situation where... They're probably gunning to just stay up once again. And Solari will, that's their hardest competition. So right now, that super close game where BDS really did, did show up. Like this is the best I've seen the squad play. You just got to try and take wins as they are and try and take each week head on. Solari now will be going up next week. Could potentially take down Triple Trouble. I see Triple Trouble struggling to Solari there. And then following on with Notorious Legion, that's another head-to-head. That's another team which they're very, you know, good competition against. That will be a benchmark. So Solari, yes, they've got two losses, but it's still early stages. They've still got another six games to play don't count them out yet because they're down in eighth. This is a team to really keep your eye on because as we saw like with last season, for example, with Baguette Squad, you know, who didn't look that good, I think it was for the majority of the season, but then just in the last like week or two, they really bought it on back just because of how points worked out. Glory, they're a sleeper team, I think, just because of how the system goes. 
Well, let's see how well they'll be able to sleep their way up to the uh, uh, top. <laughs> if that's even a thing. If, if, if you can do that. I mean, I want to know that strat, please, because that could come in very handy. Well, anyway, we'll see how well they'll do anyway. All right, so let's move on to the uh, week three matches, obviously. Seven matches once again to play four with the mainstream seeing BDS taking on Notorious Legion, RJM versus Vet Geneva, Baguette Squad versus Vertex, and Triple Trouble versus Solari, with the B stream matches being Triple Trouble versus Savet, RJM versus Vertex, and Solari versus Notorious Legion. First off, Bacon, match of the week. Which one do you think it is? Oh, for me, I would want to put this down as Triple Trouble versus Solari. If not that, it'd be Solari versus Notorious Legion. Um, for me, it is purely come down to see what Solari do to bounce back. To, like, because th this is a very young French team. So for them to take losses is going to be hard in the mentality. But how do they take that? Do, do they see how close they were and just go, right, this is what we've got to improve on, then we'll get those wins, you know, especially since they're going up against two decent opponents. And I'm really intrigued because this is, like I said, the team probably with the most future career potential within the ROLS in the sense of these players are all like still, what, 15, 16. Uh, we know how French teams go you know, play and how they can grow. So Slory, I, I'd be intrigued, especially Melo Shishu. I think that lad is going to be ridiculous in a year's time. Like he will be in the RLCS. Yeah, I, I, I want to say TT versus Solari as well as my main mm. match to watch. But as an honorable mention, I'm going to go with, uh, RJM versus Svet Geneva because I feel like in terms of the mm -hmm. closities and how and how <clears throat> excuse me how even those teams will be, those will sort of like <laughs> that'll be that sort of like the best match in terms of like a basic ranking. So. There you go. That's round three for you all. Uh, oh shit! Predictions as well. I forgot. Uh, Bacon, give me your uh, uh, give, give me oh your boy. wins and score lines going down the board. Um, BDS to win three two against Notorious Legion. Savet oh. Geneva to beat RJM three one. Uh, Baguette Squad to beat Vertex three two. And I think this is Vertex slightly coming back. Um, and then Solari to take down Triple Trouble 3-2. Um, Triple Trouble will take down Savet Geneva 3-1. Uh, RGM to beat Vertex 3-2. And then Solari to beat Notorious Legion 3-2. I think Solari are going to have that bounce back week. Notorious Legion are going to be a little bit sad. I'm going to go Notorious Legion 3-2 above BDS. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to go Savet beating RJM 3-0. Um, <laughs> okay. Very Confidence bold in the prediction. Um, although I think Baguette Squad are going to have Vertex pretty easy. just because TCS starts up again next week and you, you want to like be a little bit of a braggart there. <laughs> no, actually, I don't give a fuck to be honest. <laughs> if they fuck it up, I don't care. Um, but no, I, th I just think that, you know, RJM haven't, shown, haven't impressed me so far, uh, with the exception okay. of that win against Baguette Squad early on, which even could have been an easy Baguette Squad result. But speaking of Baguette Squad, uh, I'm above, uh, I'm, uh, I'm taking them above Vertex. I think it will be a 3-1 victory. And I've got Triple Trouble above Solari 3-2. Uh, for second stream matches, I've got Triple Trouble above Savet 3-2. Uh, Vertex above RJM at 3-1 and uh, Notorious Legion of Solari 3-2 oh. tough couple of matches I cut to a couple of bold predictions yeah. for me in that one I mean the boldest one being Savet Geneva 3-0 against RJM but I think like 
That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think you're sleeping on Solari here. They could do another week where it's just shy losses. But I don't know. I'm For you to be so bold in the Notorious Legion camp, thinking they're going to get two wins and move on to 3-0, I have not seen that yet. If we're going on past performance where Cash has been... You know, a little bit nervous. He finally beat those nerves last week, but could he slip back into them? You know, you're basing this of one win, Jay. So I'm not confident yet. Week three will be the time for Notorious Legion to make me a fan of them, you know? I think I haven't seen any of their matches. So I'm just going based off the fucking scores. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I can fuck this up entirely. I don't care. Rival series is my throwaway. The championship series is where it's fucking at. And let's get into those results for this weekend. So Dignitas went above singularity 3-1. Endpoints swept ASM out of the server 3-0. Mouseballs also finished off singularity's doubleheader with a second loss at 3-1. Renner Vitality started their doubleheader with a 3-1 win against TSM. Veloce managed to scrape by against Reciprocity 3-2 and Vitality finished off the night with our highlight match against FCB with a 3-1 win. Levy, your standings for this week. Dignitas up 3-0. Renault Vitality up to 3-1 in that second place position. Reciprocity, FC Barcelona and Veloce and Mouseports in the third to sixth sort of dominating region at 2-1 apiece with reciprocity just beating out the other teams below them with a plus three the game difference versus plus two for everybody else endpoint have a one two record leaving them at seventh place and within the uh, uh the safety net essentially and singularity mm -hmm. down in eighth at one to three tsm and as monaco yet to get victories on the board at zero three however bacon so let's start with Singularity. Now, we fucking raved about these guys last week. Uh, we were so, so hyped about how, they were, how well they were going to do because they had such a great game plan against the, mm -hmm. uh, against the Renner Vitality side. But this week, they didn't have any sort of game plan, at least against Dignitas. I can't speak much for Mouse because I didn't watch the entire series for that one, but it felt much the same to me. Um, uh, you know, Singularity just weren't able to sort of play to the uh, opponent's sort of weaknesses. They thought, sort of felt like they were just playing sort of like really awkward style of Rocket League to try and... Uh, uh, or, or awkward for them, I should say. Not awkward for their opponents. They just felt like they were just kind of touching the ball without any real purpose or plan. And that left them in some very fucking real bad situations. You know, I just kept feeling like Dignitas were applying the pressure against Singularity. There was no way for them to break out of their own half because there was no breathing room being given. And Singularity couldn't take that breathing room back. They couldn't take it away from Dignitas. It really felt like a, a, a completely different sort of Singularity from what we saw last week. Yeah, so last week, and this is the big change here. Dig, Dig were playing good. We can't take that away from them. But last week... Oh, yeah, week, absolutely. Like, we we know Nolly's a beast. Nolly was a beast. He is the lord and savior of this team, it feels like, at the moment, because he is such a strong core, being so good in defense and so good on the counterplays and the aggression. But the biggest crucial thing to look at last week, God Smillers, I don't want to say brain dead style of just running at the ball worked against Vitality because Vitality didn't know really how to deal with that. But this week, there were so many like flybys, you know, where he's predicting the ball and predicting it really Oh wrong. yeah, I saw that a lot and as well. This comes down to a player play style which really did not work against Dig. Dig can handle that. And that just meant that for 
I'm going to say a harsh statistic that I'm pulling straight out of my ass. For 80% of the game, Gods Miller was not involved whatsoever and was just basically a spectator. Um, purely because, yeah, you're trying to, you know, make Dignitas respond to you by, I don't know, throwing the ball, trying to get a pass early or whatever. But Dignitas just drove around him. He was literally just flying by. They did not give a shit. They knew what he was doing. So he was just throwing himself at the ball, missing, and Dig were just able to continue on like they were. He was doing jack all. And this is the biggest problem. Like I said, without knowledge, though is fine. Though has proved himself to be, I'm going to say, a bottom of RLCS player. That's absolutely fine. But Nolly is proving himself to be one of the best in EU at the moment with how he is such a difference maker for this team. He is in in this there alone carrying the like if we were to do you know like how in CS you have that like I'm gonna say ADR where it's like trying to value like what your worth is on the team. Nolly is close to being worth two players on the pitch there because he's just doing such a bang up job. Like we, we had earlier with uh, the question from Freecon, who would be in your EU RORS team. If we were to do that, both RLCS Nolly is my first pick at the moment because he is such a good player in the RLCS. Like, and he's not had an easy go off it. He's had reciprocity go up against improve his worth. He's had vitality and now dig the, arguably the three toughest teams at the moment and he has proved himself to be a standout player that lad is going places and it's crazy to see and for me it just comes down to singularity playstyle will be hit and miss dependent on opponents they've gone up against the strongest guys there arguably it shows that vitality have got some little problems going on um they they didn't we don't know if they fix them for this week because different playstyles, but it shows to me that Dig are ones to watch out for. Like Dig might you might have been sleeping them a little bit because you generally do you don't see anything impressive from Dignitas, but they seem to play at a required level. But this week they just kept good pressure. They were playing smart. Nothing really extraordinary. You know, they weren't doing anything that would wow everyone on the server, but they were just having a very good controlled game. And it me I mean it puts them at a Frio top of the leaderboard and only dropping four games in total across this season so far. Dig are in a phenomenal place and singularity, whilst they're in a decent position coming through as the you know, promoted team, uh, and they had to do it through the promotion playoffs. I've got confidence in Singularity. I weight them quite heavily against the lower place teams because, again, they've only placed uh, played against the very top teams, as it were, mm. like all four of the top ones. I weight them quite heavily just purely from the pace and their prowess against the likes of, say, TSM, ASM, Endpoint. I think Singularity are on track to get a lower top six finish, like a fifth, sixth spot? Uh, uh, mm, uh, I, I can't agree with you on the singularity rep, to be okay. honest. I mean, I can agree with you wholeheartedly with Dignitas, to be honest. That they've, they've currently had a really good season so far, but I also will have the caveat that I think I, I would have picked Dignitas to win against TSM and ASM and singularity all back to back. So like, I think that they've currently got the expected results and their real challenge is going to start next week where they've got Mouse Sports and they've got FC Barcelona the week after that and they've got Vitality in week six. So for me, the, the jury's still out on Dignitas, but not out as much as it is on Singularity. 
similarity. Like we saw such a well-coordinated, well-rehearsed, well sort of fucking placed play style against Renault Vitality that was so well prepared from Singularity. And in this week, we saw none of that whatsoever, but not either against Dignitas or against Mouseports. Like they had a fucking really, really bad time. And I, I can't help but feel like they got complacent this week because they got the victory against Vitality, thought Ooh. they could take it easy. It's like, no, you know, the, the, even with Nolly being as amazing as he is, the rest of the team, just pound for pound, do not match up to the rest of the talent in the rival in the championship series. I'd mm. say that pound for pound, they're the weakest team on the fucking board, you know, safe the part of solo mid, depending on how you look at the, at, at, at the, uh, at, at the, at, you know, at everybody in those, in that, in that roster, you know, singularity for me have the hardest time to stay in this championship. And, and like they need to try and bring that sort of leadership and, and, and team play style back to the fold because they had a really, really good fucking time against Renault Vitality. Yes, they barely scraped by, but they managed to get the victory against one of the best teams in the league, a team that in theory should be up 4-0 by all accounts right now in that top two position. But they're not because of the way the Singularity are playing. And it's like, if they're going to only pop up the, the, the calculated play style once in a while, then we're not going to be seeing much of Singularity after this season for me. You know, I just, I just don't have faith in that and again if we've got some situations where they're going to get really complacent or otherwise beaten into the dirt on game one by game two you could see that they were like you know really fucking panicking against Dick the Tass like really badly that's what left the Gods Miller being so you know inaccurate on all of his touches let alone the double commits coming out from the bat lines like Singularity did not have a fucking good time whatsoever and while you rate them for me at the mm -hmm. moment I, I just can't I can't rate them at the moment because I haven't seen anything outside of that Renault Vitality result that gives me a lot of confidence and the stuff that I have seen that would sway my opinion one way or the other have all just been oh pretty negative to be honest so after, after the viewing pie on the RL Offshock uh, Twitch on Sunday Which you can catch every Sunday night by yep, the way if you don't sure. fancy watching the main broadcast so twitch.tv slash RL Offshock continue Bacon I, I could do one for Rival Series on Fridays but I'm too much of a lazy arsehole and <laughs> like I, Friday is my rest day dude so it's that case of I don't want to commit Fridays because like that's when I go meet up with friends uh, but yeah I try and tune on in as much as I can but yeah we did like a uh, tier list Jay me and chat can you guess where we placed Singularity at the moment. Don't tell me you placed them fucking S tier or shit. No. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, we put them B, uh, B tier. The mid. They were exactly mid of all RLCS teams, including For, 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 for context, for con... Oh, oh, all of them. Okay, right. They I wasn't sure if you were doing... They were in EU, and they entire... Like, dead in the middle of the entirety of RLCS. I think that we might be seeing a different sort of setup... As the as the weeks go by, to be honest, Bacon, I feel like the narrative might change on Singularity at the back of that one. I, th I agree, to be honest. Right now, I agree, like, especially with Nolly being the way that he is. You know, I, I think that you know they could easily make a top six if they bring that old play style back. But if they don't, then we've got problems. So to put that into context, just because I'm using that as like how like I feel like you, uh, everyone is seeing the brighter side of things. Um, and how a lot of us are hopeful. Singularity have gone up, like we said, against the four toughest opponents. And now there is a little problem with their playstyle. You were saying how it was so well rehearsed against Renault Vitality. We didn't look the same this week. They had the exact same playstyle. It shows their opponents. And if it who that works against, it worked against Renault Vitality, didn't work against Reciprocity, didn't work against Dig, didn't work against Mouse. Now 
the thing that Singularity need to go away and do is create wiggle room. They need to become a little bit more adaptable, don't they? So they've got a very well rehearsed, very thought, very well thought out playstyle, but they don't have a plan B or a plan C. Like we're, we're saying at the moment that a lot of RLCS teams need to have a repertoire of at least two playstyles, ideally three that they can go to. You know, if they if if they lose a game, just go shit. What we're doing is not working. We need to go to you know being more aggressive or whatever, and you know change up their playstyle. Singularity don't do that. So right now, I'm in a worried point. Currently, Singularity looking the sixth best team. But if we go into next week, Veloce can see that as well. And I imagine they work as the smart players and just go, okay, this is the only way Singularity plays. Let's let's change that up. Let's completely counter them. Singularity could get swept by Veloce. And you know that does not make me a happy bunny at all. Because no. <laughs> actually that makes well, me happy because it, it, it means like it Veloce doesn't, it doesn't actually make me happy either. But you know, it I'm, what I'm saying is Singularity are looking good. It's very tunneled at the moment. I think week four with that game against Veloce, who would be one of arguably the toughest contenders, because I think Veloce currently sit on that sort of sixth place. They are the bar, you know. If Singularity be it, I think they deserve all the praise again. If they don't get uh, be it, then I might readjust that placement, you know. Well, the bar is about to be set next week for Singularity. For this week, though, it is two losses down. Therefore, they are in the promotion playoff zone. So keep your eyes on how well they'll hold their own. Uh, Moving on, Endpoint versus ASM. The rematch from the rival series or promotion uh, playoffs, if you remember from last season, where they had uh, those two teams playing for that Mm -hmm. first place position Mm -hmm. in that particular bracket. It was a rematch from this one. Last time, it was ASM taking the victory above Endpoint. This time, Endpoint swept the shit out of ASM. Holy crap, what the fuck happened? Yeah, and I I don't know what is going on with ASM, because Endpoint didn't have the greatest series ever. And they were they were playing what I would say is subpar for them, you know, uh, from what we've seen in previous weeks. They were just doing enough. Yes, there was two OTs, but ASM right now are in a very, very dodgy position because we're going to say it already, they're currently in a place where, you know, making top four is gone already. You know, like you you look at who they've gone up against. ASM took on Mouse. Okay, fair enough. They then took on Dig. Fair enough. But going up against Endpoint should have been their bounce back. The, the same for Endpoint, realistically, as well, because they're two tough opponents. Um, don't get me wrong, last week they did nothing up against uh, FCB and looked quite bad for it. But this week they bounced back and that's good for them. Like, it's just a case of Endpoint are doing i want to say is expected like out the teams coming through we all thought endpoint would be the strongest team to make it out of the rors uh just looking at their potential and such and how they would grow into this asm though we thought would probably have a little bit of a problem against them but against more of the seasoned teams veloce uh tsm they should be out singularity um, could even take on Barcelona. We thought they could be in contention to make a top six finish. They've shown nothing of that. And ASM right now are they're, they're dwindling away. They look like they could, you know, if they don't fix their things, they're going to be that auto demotion team. Like, all oh, right, now that's where I stand on the yeah, table. <laughs> if 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 they continue this current form, like if they continue like playing how they are, that they're going to be fighting with. Uh, 
team solo mid to literally be the only team not to bottom out zero and nine. Like that is a scary proposition. You don't want to repeat or complexity from last season. And that's saying like with complexity against so many close game fives, you know, it's, it's not a pretty sight for ASM right now. Yeah, I mean, I could I could give them some leeway with the mouse sports result and Dignitas result, but this this week mm. obviously, well, last week I mentioned this was one of my matches to watch, and it was because this was this would be the first time for ASM to really step it up. You know, Endpoint already had a great restart against Renault Vital. He shit the bed against FC Barcelona, but now this was going to be the benchmark for both of these teams, and for ASM it would have been their opportunity to get the first win on the board as well. Mm-hmm. I honestly would have thought this one to be a close little affair, but they haven't shown anything against Endpoint either, which is just like okay now things are getting really concerning for AS Monaco, especially now that they've yep. kind of got all the, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've got the big sort of like teams, uh, the sort of the, the big surprises out of the, or the big sort of like, you know, victories out of the way. They've got Singularity coming up as well, which might be a, you know, another, another easy victory for them, depending on how, if they, if they can get that shit, get their shit together. But against Endpoint, this should have been a closer match than it really was. And I think you made a mention about some of the players that aren't really stepping up to the plate. I think before we went live and, and recorded the show, you mentioned that Extra needs a better team. Uh, is, oh, I yeah. think it was the thing that you said. Talk to me more about that. We all agree, like, at the, uh, moment extra is just such a hard carry uh we are talking about this on the viewing pie and such and i'll reliterate again if alpha doesn't fit up to the potential by the end of the season that you think he would on vitality i wouldn't be surprised if vitality quickly swap him out for extra extra is at that quality where he is already you know top of rlcs like he is a well contender he's absolutely phenomenal it very akin to nolly over on singularity now we're saying this but is that the caveat of they're doing the most work and it's because they're on poorer teams that they shine through more who knows um i think it's still too early a call like you know alpha doesn't fit yet because they're trying to learn around it and realistically vitality have done okay um their are only demerit was the loss against singularity but they've done three one against endpoint three one against tsm three one against fcb that by all accounts is absolutely fine you know that's what you would expect so it's an it's an awkward one and realistically, we could see maybe in the off season if ASM if ASM get demoted, for example, extra will get picked up by another team. Who that is, I don't know. Like we even speculated, maybe if Reciprocity has another NAF season, they might call it quits on this team. Um, you know, as in like the three of them might say, we we need to make a change. It's clearly not working. You know. We some of us might have even expected that after last worlds, but then you know such a short off season it was good they stuck together. Who knows what's going on? Of course, I don't want reciprocity to break up. They're three lovely lads, but you can see the potential there. It, it was like you know Cassio and Veloce is clearly the standout player, but that's a lot more even a team, isn't it? Whereas here, extra is really showing his worth and. He's crazy right now. Tigre is absolutely fine. He is, I would say, the bar of a player, uh, like being set to if if you're on RLCS quality, like just to get into it. But Ignite is not having a good season so far. He has slumped on back, and this That's is really curious, odd actually. 
That's really curious because, like, you know, we saw him after he got kicked from TSM and it was like, okay, well, this is his chance for a redemption story. And the story sort of started off in a really good form with the mm. uh, DreamHack results. And then he came into the, cha- the rival series, beat the shit out of everybody. And now ASM are falling by the wayside. Like, and, and, and how much of that is down to iIgnite, really? Like, is he just not a player that's worthy of the championship or... What's going on with this? Is it confidence? Like you know, because again, he's had such a great little uh, setup there when he was back with Weedem goals back when before they mm-hmm. got signed to TSM. You know, he's had such a, a great little performance with AS Monaco and at the Dreamhack lands and the off season as well. Like, what, what the fuck is going on with this ASM side? I don't understand why I Ignite seems to get to RLCS and then just absolutely shit the bed. Yeah, nor do I, and it's a little bit of a weird one because so. <sighs> I'm, I'm being harsh on Ignite because if you look at him statistically, he is doing good uh, compared. To, and like, you know how I was saying how Tigre is the bar to be set for um, an RLCS, like just to get in player. Uh, Ignite is out doing Tigre, but Tigre's role on the team, we've got to think about roles in teams, don't we? Ignite's a striker, so he should be getting more points. He should be able to bolster those stats. And Tigre's a core player, so he is just looking to get saves, pass the ball upfield, and get his teammates, like, fed. Ignite needs to be popping off more. You take a look at that endpoint game. He got a total of one goal. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Don't get me wrong. That's like not fantastic. Extra didn't get any more goals. Extra had a pre naff game as it was, but he was so clutch in his plays and was really instigating a lot. The problem being that his teammates weren't in place to pick up of that. But Ignite should be getting, you know, the king's portion of goals each game. He should be the one banging it on in. He is the finisher of the side. It's down to extra and Tigre to go find him. So right now, Ignite is doing okay in the midfield. Uh, His defense is okay as well, but he is not doing well in attack, and he's got to sort that out. He has got to be in place for his teammates just to get the ball to him, and then he can show that striking prowess, his brilliant shot placement, and put it down onto target because, yeah, it's just not coming through at the moment. He is not the complete package that he needs to be. Yeah, and that might be concerning for AS Monaco going forward. Next week, they've got Renault Vitality and TSM, which admittedly, TSM might be a bit of a free victory, but we'll have to see how well that goes for them going into next week. For now, let's move on and talk about Veloce, um, who managed this week to secure a second win. Last week, last week was against TSM, which admittedly could have been a mm-hmm. decent... Uh, which admittedly, again, I'm going to consider all results against TSM free wins at this stage because they are looking absolutely fucking dreadful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you um, I, I hate TSM once again. Week one, I thought they would come back. You know, oh, I was so happy. Last week, <laughs> I think I got I think very we'll, depressed. We'll delve, we'll this delve week, into more I details. just gave up on them. I think Sorry. we'll delve into more details with TSM when they take on AS Monaco next week because I think that will reset really the benchmark for how shit they yep. really will be because right now those two are the bottom two. So if they lose against ASM, that might be the 0-9 season right there. But... 
Veloce managed, of course, to nearly reverse sweep FC Barcelona. Of course, there was that stupid result in week one. Week two, they got the TSM win. And this time, they actually got a decent good victory above Reciprocity, which was a five-game series, but it was a win for Veloce nonetheless. Now, for the past few weeks, we've been bashing Veloce left, right, and center. We've been going on about how they don't deserve to be mm -hmm. in the championship or in the, in the world championship at least. But in the championship series, like, you know, at the end of the day, results are results, and they are they don't lie. You know, they're currently fifth place yeah. in the table. They are in, you know, with a shot to make it to the regional championship if we ended the season right now. So with Veloce, is it time to change the tune on this team or is there still, um, it, 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 are there still question marks and are there still concerns going forward for this squad? I My question marks comes down to the side of, because you've got Cassio, such a fantastic player, but I feel like Flame is way too quiet. I don't know what it is, but I don't have much confidence in him as a player. Um, he's just getting outdone by his teammates in every single category. And I like he is way too quiet for me to really make the mark. This is why I always put them down as a mid-table team because they're not a full team together. Freaky, very akin to God's Miller. Now we're saying has a lot of just he is uber aggressive he is trying to cause faults in their opponents and sometimes I'll it's just a play style I hate to see just because I like when it, it, it when it works it works sure but when it doesn't you are so out of place and it's a big problem the big question here comes down to reciprocity Jay because reciprocity were not having a good day at all uh to put it quite you know, Frank, Ferrer was, ah, uh, he was not doing good today. He was not playing well at all. Um, bottom of the team by near enough every single account, which might, I don't know, might be a bit surprising because they've got such a little bit of a trio going on, you know, to how they play. And like Ferrer does get involved in goals. Um, he does get involved in saves. He does get evolved in shots and that but he didn't get any assists at all he was very much just end and end not stuck and not doing any midfield work which is generally his strongest place to be and it felt like he just was ha he wasn't in a great place and you can see how that affects both Fruity and Chorset because he Ferris the quarters team very surprisingly and Fruity and Chorset can switch between their roles but they can't switch with Ferrer and it's causing them problems. So, yeah, you can get rid of Chorset. Like, if Chorset's having a bad day, Fruity will go into attack. But if Ferris having a bad day, they, they're very uncomfortable and don't know what to do. When this, on paper, should have been a win for reciprocity, easy, like a free one at worst. And it shows when they're not having a great day, they just don't know how to deal with a very average team i'm going to put it at in their play style of just free man rotations normally and it's very odd so would you say this result of Aloshe was not legit or was it you know a good victory or or what you know i'm gonna say once again they can't be allowed to walk on through to the wetland it's it's very feeling like last season Aloshe just catch teams luckily on off days and it's not by any account of their own because Loche don't seem to be playing a play style that just you know pressures opponents tries to nullify them cancel them out they just play their own style Loche just do what they want to do and teams just don't seem to try and stop them as such and so teams are just I don't know dropping by the wayside purely because 
I don't know, Veloce are blessed by some higher being that is just looking over them and giving them wins. It, 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 there is no, you know, logic to it. Statistically, they're not fantastic at all. Um, Cassio, of course, always shines well and above any other player, but realistically, in any other margin, they're not anything to write home about. So it's always strange for me. Yes, that wins, like, Vloche's win against TSM, understandable last week. Week one, for them to uh, go to game five against FCB, I'd expect that. But for them to get a win over Reciprocity boggles me. I don't know how. Like, when Reciprocity were able to half-arse it against Mouse last week, and then come in and lose to Veloce when, again, Ferrer wasn't particularly thin on the day, and it crumbled the team. It, 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 there's no logic to it. <sighs> I just, it's a hard one I just don't know what to think about Veloce. It's the one because result like when, I can't put, you know, a real good answer to. Is I'm, 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 I want to believe that this team is now finding a form that they're, you know, happy with, that they, you know, that they can use and they can have, you know, a, a good set of games with. But I, I'm just not sure yet. You know, I still mm-hmm. want to see a little bit more out of Veloce for me before we see anything, uh, be anything massive. Um, well, next week is the thing, right? They've got Singularity, who I still don't have any confidence in, and Endpoint, who they will, uh, uh, who, of course, can be shaky depending on how fucking, um, you know, how well they compete. You know, obviously we saw them, you know, shit the bed against FC Barcelona. Mm. We saw them have a great game against AS Monaco. We saw them take one off at Rana Vitality when they were in form and it's like if they have that one one day where you know fucking you know just say virtuoso for example doesn't step up to the plate then the whole team crumbles and that's another skate for veloce and it's like then the questions continue to fucking pile on you know it's not like i'm saying veloce are a bad team but it's like by comparison i wouldn't have called reciprocity to win this but because pharaoh was not on form Veloce skated by Singularity I could say the yeah. exact same thing if they come in with a game plan Veloce shouldn't win but if they don't Veloce are going to skate on by if Endpoint don't have all their players playing on form Veloce are going to skate on by you know and I, I and I'm, I'm one of the biggest Veloce fans there is out there I fucking love the organization I love the players you know for those of you who watched mm. the last world championship I was the dude holding the freaky fucking you know uh, cardboard cutouts <laughs> but I don't think the performance of this team is that which is worthy of a world championship considering the fact that all their results are skates yeah that then that's why we don't rate veloce is it just seems like it comes down i don't want to say it comes down to look is there something we're not seeing where veloce's play style is not counterable i completely disagree with that because i think if if you could just demo out casio remove him from the game try and nullify him this team would absolutely crumble but, like, why are teams not coming up with a plan to Veloce? That's what it feels like, isn't it, Jay? Where no one, maybe no one's taking them seriously, so they don't think about them as a tough opponent. And that is the detriment. Like, they are the unexpected hard opponent. I, it makes no sense to me. And, like I said, this is why it's frustrating for me is Veloce skate on by each and every time. And it feels like no one has taken them seriously when. In the RLCS, you're there if you know your own back, you're there if your own hard work. You have to take everyone seriously. And Veloce just does not get that treatment. Well, we'll see how well they'll do in their doubleheader week next week. Um, I, I'm curious more than anything else of Veloce, so keep your eyes on mm. them when they take on Singularity and Endpoint. 
And to close out the show, we'll talk about Vitality uh, because they had their doublehead a week and they had wins against TSM and FC Barcelona. Obviously, the FC Beavers uh, game was our highlight match of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, the TSM one, fucking easy win. <laughs> just I don't even bother watching TSM T- matches T- anymore TSM just because of how fucking... name value alone. That's it these yeah. days. Like yeah, them. TSM TSM got wrecked by Rena Vitality, but the FC Barcelona result is the one that I want to zone in on uh, because was this as expected as we hoped it would be? I can't remember what you predicted, but I think we were in the range of about three one three two. Yep. Uh, if my if my sort of head is sort of uh, thinking right, but Rena Vitality um, they had a three one result where they only lost that first game. They had a couple of overtimes in that one, which is FC Barcelona at the very least having you know a decent confident line. Um, uh, but the reason why I want to zone in on this one is obviously because they are compacting sort of two big storylines: the powerhouses of Rena Vitality and FC Barcelona having all that talent, but not enough bite to really make some of the confident results go through. And they've lost another one this week. But talking about the team composition of FC Barcelona, are they looking better now? Because, you know, we talked about Flates coming in, whether or not he'd be, a, a, whether the like-for-like sort of swap out would work out for FC Barcelona. Is it working for them now? Um, Barcelona is still the same place. They're, they're, I, I would argue maybe a little bit stronger, purely because they've got a little bit more rotation going on. Uh, Flakes is still in a weird place with the team. Um, but yeah, with Barcelona, it, it, it's fine. They're middle of the table. That's that's fair enough for them. Uh, Ronicky had a good day, I'm going to say right now. Like I said, Flakes was very hit and miss on what he was doing. But Ronicky had a very good day. And that's what I like to see, because Ronicky's going to be the one which... I think this season for me buys him on back into his worthiness to be in the RLCS, like if he's a good player. Uh, Devo is also showing that maybe he's a little bit washed. I, I, it's, it's harsh to say, but I, I think he's not putting up as much utility, a little bit like how it's harsh to flame before. I think he's not putting in enough. He's very quiet. Um for me anyway um he's doing okay in attack these days but the midfield he just seems to be quite absent from um but vital on the opposite hand they took this whilst once again not being at full power it seems like vitality had just run at 80 percent at the moment you know where they're figuring stuff out they're not entirely confident um i will say during the back end of the games, Barcelona did start really turning up and was starting to get their rotations better. But Vitality just are able to cruise it, you know? It's it's very weird at the moment. And this could also be that we're seeing Vitality cruise along and they have had the easiest team so far. You know, 3-1 against Endpoint. They lost the Singularity, but then 3-1 against TSM, 3-1 against... Uh, FCB next week they'll have ASM and then the real teams for them start coming so vitality at the moment um I I I I'm worried is the best way to put it because by all accounts with how this team is formed together they should be the next world champions you know they've brought in Alfred to replace Scrub Killer with the hopes that that is what turns them into world champions again. That is what is going to win them the Intel World Open. And so far, they don't seem to have a winning spirit about them. 
No, I mean, Alpha was the guy we ranted and raved about for the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. We were just like, holy shit, he's the best element of FC Barcelona. Holy shit, he's the best element of TSM. In Renault Vitality, though, I can't make the same sort of arguments. You know, he's not really had the most, uh, you know, lights out performances. I'm not sure whether that's because they're still trying to fit him in with Fairy Peak and KDOP. But right now, Fairy Peak is the striking element of Renault Vitality. Mm-hmm. Alpha's not had his chance to sort of step up and go fucking nuts. I think if he did, then we'd see exactly how well Renault Vitality could do. Um, against the FC Barcelona, though, you know, I, I think that it was enough, obviously, you know, to get the uh, the victory out. Oh, yeah. um, but jumping back on your Devo point, honestly, this is a thing we've been saying for the past, like, season or so. Like, you know, we, we were saying once Alpha, uh, not Alpha, um, when Bluey was on the FC Barcelona side that we thought, okay, Devo's next out. You know, he, he's got to go at this point because this yeah. just doesn't fit in with the composition of FC Barcelona. They should get rid of him and bring somebody else up to the fold until Bluey eventually was kicked and Devo stayed in for another season. Um, and now for FC Barcelona, he seems to be the big problem charge. You know, he ranked lowest uh, out of the uh, out, out of his teammates here in the uh, uh, in the stats line. Um, uh, some of the lowest sort of like a, 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 a some of the lowest uh, shots per game, uh, some of the lowest saves per game, and, and all in all, just not having a great sort of time at all um, on, on FC Barcelona. Diva and- actually, sorry to cut in, Diva actually got, uh, on average, the most shots per game. The problem is he's not converting. For oh, Diva, it? it was, yeah, it was a lot of just pointless shots, though. That's oh, the problem. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong stat. I looked at SA, not SH. See, that's the problem with Octane, right? Is that they, they fucking abbreviate all of the uh, all of the things. So it's like, you know, dyslexic. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, saves per game and shots per game are right next to each other. I wonder which one is fucking which. No, but, you are right about so, that. But No, to put that point, Devo is a better defender than he is a striker these days. And he yeah. wasn't, he's not been playing defense. Like you said, no. he's been awkward in midfield and doesn't really know how to transition up and down the pitch. And so... I don't know. It just feels very out of place at the moment. And it's doing enough to try and facilitate his team. But I don't know. His decision-making hasn't been the best. Like I said, a lot of the shots were nothing hits just to try and put a bit of pressure on. But teammates weren't there to back it up and, you know, follow through on that pressure to finalize. So all he's doing is hitting it off towards the defenders and the defenders can just pick it up, which... You know, it's another way of just handing the ball on over. You're losing possession. Yeah, and the conversion for FC Barcelona is something that really fucking, you know, hurt them. As you mentioned, uh, you know, scored a, a total of uh, five goals for the entire series against Renner Vitality versus, you know, if they scored five goals in two games on the other side. So, you know, they fucking had a, a great old time. Um, they only managed to win within a one-game difference of Renner Vitality for that game one. Other than that, it was always, uh, uh, you know, you know, one or more for Vitality. Mm-hmm. And a couple of overtimes that FC Barcelona just couldn't hold on for. So that indicates that some of their, uh, you know, resilience is not quite lasting over the course of these matches. Yeah, FC Barcelona are in an awkward fucking state at the moment. I'm not sure where they go from here. They have got reciprocity next week, um, uh, and, and Renault Vitality. They've got uh, they've got AS Monaco next week, which actually could be another easy win for them. So I think we're trying to take the focus off them uh, in this mm. whole thing because right now Renault Vitality they're they're not looking at the peak sort of form they should be at, but some of the easier teams should be no problem regardless for Renault Vitality. Oh, Vitality have had the like most ideal start to a season for them realistically because they've had the easiest teams so they can just gently introduce alpha to the side but come around to week five they can't be gentle anymore because they 
are literally getting thrown in the deep end with reciprocity, who is like their greatest rival, you know. Yep. Week after that, they've got Dig. Week after that, they've got Mouse. Week after that, they've got Veloce, who... We will leave that point for there. Um, <laughs> but as things go, next week, I want to see Vitality dominate. ASM, you know, I want to see Vitality really come on through. They can't just, I don't know, be be happy with another three-one win. This has got to be a three-zero, and we're talking blinding performance because so far as well, the biggest problem for Vitality is there's not a lot of that big passing play build-up that we've seen from them in the past, which has been so beneficial. At the moment, we're seeing a lot of just solo runs downfield, and it's not effective. It's not good. It's not working in the current Rocket League because teams really will cancel that out quite nicely. And so Vitality, I think, just need to literally take a step back and see how they were playing last season and how to incorporate that now because that's what they need to do. Well, I guess that swiftly leads us on to next week, so where the run of Vitality can have their easy victories. We'll talk about all those matches that are coming up for you on the Championship Series broadcast. Six best of fives coming your way with Veloce taking on Singularity to start Renault Vitality with their series against AS Monaco. And Veloce's doubleheader week concludes with endpoint on the third match of the day. Reciprocity against FC Barcelona. TSM versus ASM. <laughs> Battle of the shit shows, basically. And yep. Dignitas versus Mousepaws. Let me have a look at your highlight game for the week. The highlight game has to be Dig versus Mouse. Like, we cannot deny that all, can we, Jay? Because it is fucking Dig going up against Mouse. But the one that we'll say is not the obvious one, for me, has to be Veloce versus Singularity. This is the first time where Singularity is not going up against a top team. And like I said, for me, this is the proof of is Veloce actually worthy enough to try and make that run again, try and get to land once again, because Singularity, this is going to be their time to turn around. Yes, I could say the same about Endpoint for that one there, but I've got a lot more faith at the moment in Singularity just because... They're so much fucking fun to watch. Singularity are great to see on pitch. Oh, man. I don't understand your hype for this team, mate. It'll have just, to be proven watch. here in Next round week. four. It'll have to be yeah. proven in, in week four. Um, It'll happen. Just watch. For me, again, I have to say Dinger Tata versus Mouseport. You're absolutely right. My honorable mention goes to Reciprocity versus FC Barcelona. Um, uh, just because, obviously, you know, that, that could end up being... Obviously, with Reciprocity having a couple of difficult times, FC Barcelona also to be having the same situation. It would be the battle of the limp um, uh, for me. Uh, but yeah, those Veloce series as well. Another couple of honorable mentions. Um, and if you're really, really morbid, then you want to watch that TSM versus ASM match to see who's going to end up bottom of the table because the loser <laughs> fucking definitely will. Right. <laughs> Let's get predictions yeah. from top to bottom, Bacon. Who do you think is going to win and by how much? So coming in first, I think Singularity take down Veloce 3-2. Renault Vitality will be 3-1 against ASM. I did say earlier that it should be. Like, they need to come in with a 3-0 week, but I don't think Vitality will do that. I think they'll just keep mediocre in along. And then following that up, Veloce will take down Endpoint 3-2. Uh, I actually think here... It's going to be another meh week coming out from uh, Reciprocity. And I think Barcelona could take this free one. And I'm scared oh, to say that, but what? that's the controversial pick of the week. Uh, ASM take down TSM. That will be free one. Fuck TSM. Uh, Dignitas then take down Mouse in a free one fashion. Mouse. 
I think they're going to continuously struggle, and that hurts me so much as a fan. But I'm looking at this right now. Dig just look like they've got everything under control. Mouse are still trying to figure things out. We'll definitely have to highlight Mouse Balls next week. We've been very quiet about talking about them in the last couple of weeks of the show, we do so a I power definitely want to next week, please. I'm... I think we do a mid-season power rankings where everyone is at. All right, then fine. We'll, 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 I mean, to be fair though, like we could just take a look at the fucking table and go from there. No, so... because like I said, I rate Singularity like sixth, but they're currently in eighth. You know, like the it could be weird magical things. Like you know, at the moment, Barcelona are fourth. Do we think Barcelona are the fourth best team? Do we think Reciprocity is currently the third best team? Who knows. Uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do that Bring in more detail next week NA i think as well we we'll, do, we'll, we'll 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 figure it out anyway uh for me my predictions are veloce above singularity 3-1 uh renault yeah. vitality should be able to have asm pretty easy 3-0 like it's just no fucking chance um i think endpoint will go above veloce however in that third match 3-2 to two. um and i've got Oh, I've got oh, Jesus fucking Christ! I've got, I've got SCB for reciprocity. Actually, well, three you two. You call me out, and then you go for <laughs> FCB as well. Fuck you! <laughs> I'm calling us both out, mate. Mm. Um, ASM of TSM. I I can't even think of a fucking scoreline to to have for this one. Like, holy shit! It's Might the one we three. don't give a shit about, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's worse, it wouldn't surprise me point. if three two came up just because of how fucking you know just how close they are in terms of badness. Um, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ASM 3-1 over TSM though. And then for Dina Tass Mouse Sports, oh, it'll have to be a 3-2 for me, but, oh, I don't know who to pick. This is a tough fucking cookie. Uh, I'm going to go Dignitas. I'm going to go Dignitas just based yeah. on the fact that they're undefeated. I think they'll stay that way in week four. But... Do you disagree? Do you agree? Let us know in the Discord. Again, the Championship Series Pick and Prediction game currently sees our top ranker of uh, Chewy being almost entirely contested by all of the players below him. I think there's about a point, uh, like uh, the three points difference between him and the middle of the table. So certainly a lot of moving room and you yourselves can get involved and get jo and, and join in on the Pick and Prediction game. I'm pretty sure if you play it hard enough and if you play for the remaining weeks, you could probably overtake me in Bacon because we're not that far from the bottom either. So, you know, um, uh, feel free yourself, to get involved in that. I get, uh, fuck you, man. You're one point ahead of me. Like, just get out. Give me a break. Look, I um, threw a week just to give you lot a chance. It's the oh, comeback Bullshit. Bullshit. You are fucking complaining about, oh, I've had a tough week, lads, on the internal chat. Just like, I'll come back stronger. It's like, mate, fuck you. Right. Um, yeah, again, Discord links, show notes and video descriptions. You can also send us a mailbag question, which will answer live on episode of RL Aftershock. Well, I say live, and honestly, this is another pre-recorded edition, and uh, it might end up being a bit of a common theme going forward, just mm -hmm. due to the uh, nature of our schedules uh, for the remainder of March so unfortunately I'm sorry for you uh, video watching fans but uh, next week might be the last video version for a little bit of time um yeah, but for the uh, video versions, again, find it on YouTube. The audio versions are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and most other audio uh, platform distributions. You can go to anchor.fm slash rlaftershock to find your favorite platform and request your favorite way to listen. If you are star of the video content, though, twitch.tv slash rlaftershock, where Bacon is doing the live-streamed viewing parties every Sunday for the RLCS League play action, in case you really don't enjoy the main broadcast. So... 
With that being said, we're done for another week of the podcast, Bacon. I hope you've had a great time. I hope you've had some some great fun times bashing all the teams and uh, giving our mm. thoughts on the Intel World Open such. Um, uh, but yeah, that's basically going to be it from us here this week. Once again, I've been the Eternal J. This has been Digital Bacon. Uh, thank you for watching and listening. Any final words from yourself before we head out? Uh, just, of course, TCS is back next week, so we're excited about that. But Next me, week or the week after? I'm pretty sure it's next week. It's the, it's the week after, maybe. Don't it quote the me on this. Um, it is the week after. Ma- yeah, it's the March ninth. Well, March well, 9th. Wait, 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 wait too early on this one. But what I was going to say, what I'm really excited about, of course, is the Intel World Open. And what is the best team in the world? For me right now, I think Zimbabwe has got it. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the Zimbabwean players? No, they're going to ninja you. Be careful. Oh, fucking hell. We're going to get off your screens. We're going to get out of your ears. And we're going to get to see you next week for even more of the Aftershock.